morning, everyone. Good morning, and peace be with you. Can I ask you guys to just greet the person beside you, behind you, this greeting of peace, peace be with you. This should be part of our vocabulary as fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. May this be a daily habit for us to greet one another as we pass by each other. Peace be with you also for those who are joining us in our online channels. Visit us naman here in DC next time. Thank you. Today is August 13 and we are still in the series entitled Intimacy with the Father. Our goal is to revisit God's blueprint for the fathers, for the leaders of the household as they carry out their calling, responsibility to their family, to their children. Because fathering God's way begins with having the right orientation and perspective about our identity, their identity as fathers, and their responsibility according to God's design and purposes. Last week, Pastor Nathan talked about a father with authority. He's someone who's, who submits himself first to God's authority, then stewards his authority according to God's plans and surrenders the outcome of his effort to the ultimate author and father. Today, we'll continue to study our series, but you might cut me off and ask, why would I even listen to you? You're not yet a father. May gatas pa nga ako sa labi. First, first of all, do I need to remind you that I'm one of the pastors here? No, joke lang. We don't play with our authority and with our platform here. Walang palakasan. We need to exercise our authority, kagaya ng tinuro ni Pastor Nathan, in the right way. Okay, going back. Seven years ago today, on a rainy afternoon in Starbucks, I met this guy named... Oops. Help me. This guy named Aaron. It was our first meeting of our life group called Adelphos. Week after week, year after year, our small group began to grow as we meet to study God's Word and do life together. Ito na po kami ngayon. With all the additional um, fats and weights, what's the point? Through leading a life group, I can say that I was able to experience a ratio a part, a portion of being a parent, of being a father. And man, with these guys, it is extremely hard. With all the teaching, modeling, coaching, scheduling, and all. But throughout all the years of meeting, being present with one another, there remains a single goal for us to meet, at least for me, to see Christ form in each one of them, to see the cross of Christ being alive and real in their lives. We are far from our goal, but one day at a time, by God's grace, we are getting near. Having said that, I am convinced that this is the singular aim, the singular goal, the charge of being a father, to see the cross of Christ form in the life of our, of our children. To see the power of the gospel transform their whole being, their whole heart, their lives moment by moment. Do you agree? 
to the parents, to the fathers out there, let me ask you, fathers, what are you determined to do? What is your goal as the head of the household? What is your ultimate aim? What are you striving to accomplish in the life of your sons and daughters? This morning, please allow me to encourage you and charge you to be a determined father. Someone who has the willpower and the drive not only to provide, to protect, and discipline, but also determined to see this beautiful cross of our Lord Jesus Christ form in the life of our child, even to your spouse. How do we do that? What will be our game plan? Here's what I propose. As fathers, we are, we are to be determined to see our child to accept the cross, live out the cross, and be sustained by the cross. First, accept the cross. When we ask about the primary contribution of, to the family, almost every, almost all Asian fathers would immediately say that he is to be the financial provider in the home. This should not be surprising to all of us because it is an opinion. It is a, a fact that is shared by many fathers all over the world. There has been a timeless and universal expectation that men work and earn an income so that they can provide the best education. So for my classmates in BID, take note. The next time we will be fathers ourselves. We are driven to provide the best education, the best schools, and the best life standards that we can provide as possible. Maybe that's why we see our fathers, that their tendency or subconsciously, they believe that the greatest need of our children is a good education. Since it's the key to bring a brighter future for a kid. The way out of a life of grind and grime is to get a good certificate. A good school means good standard of education that leads to great opportunities and exposure. Do you agree? Great exposure will bring us great experiences, something that they can add up to their resume when they apply. And these good exposures will lead to good careers and it all equals to great success. Now, don't get me wrong. These are all great, and I commend you, fathers, for all your sacrifices that you have given for your child and for your family. But I contend, but I plead that these things are important, yes, but only secondary. Matthew 16, 26 reminds us, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Fathers, the primary provision our children need is to know God's saving grace. Let me say that again. The primary provision, the need of our children, of our family, is to know God's saving grace. Yes, we can endow, we can give, we can pour out our vast wisdom. Kung meron pang natitira. Strategies in business, anything that we could think of as tangible, material gain and possession 
Ari-arian ko ano-ano pa. Again, in their lives and their, for their souls. At the end of the day, these do not suffice because they need God in their lives first and foremost. We have to establish that. They need to understand and, un- and comprehend the reality that there is a heavenly Father who loves them so, so much more than that we can do as fathers. The heavenly Father has a plan for them, for their life, for their future. But at the same time, this Father in heaven is also holy, righteous, a God who despises sin and rebellion. We fathers need to usher and strive to create an environment, a space, a setting where they can accept the cross and its claims. They need to understand and comprehend that they are sinners as well. They need to understand that reality. We need to impress this truth as young as they are. I see a baby on our crowd. It reminds me, it reminds me of our encounters in our ministry office. Usually, there are days that we have little visitors like Kena and Carlson. Kena is the daughter of Pastor Jared, and Carlson is the daughter of Atijesa, one of our accounting crews. And there are times that Pastor Nathan and I would just, being a pastor, would talk to them, kamusta them, we'd play, play with them, and somehow we will leave a remark or a comment. You are a great sinner, Kena. Sobrang makasalanan mo, Carson. Ang kulit-kulit mo. Imagine those little creatures, those little kids, chubby chicks sometimes, and telling them that. What do you expect from them? They just smile. What's the point? Our kids may seemingly be cute, adorable, young as they are. From the moment that they were born up to their teenage years to their young adulthoods under our care in our shelter, we need to work hard to evangelize to them and make them see that the gravity of their sin and their need of a Savior, that by God's grace, they will, that they will accept the provision of the cross. At all costs, we should preach to them that they have been forgiven at the price and the suffering and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord of all things willingly came and served us even to the point of His death. We need to unfold this beautiful truth in the life of our kids, in the life of our young ones. You dads out there, we should not shy away from the, rea- from the reality of heaven and hell, for it is real. It is real. And one day, they have to face the truth. Are we equipping them? Are we helping them to see that truth and enabling them to face it? Your kid's life is at stake. We should strive to see that this eternal spring coming forth from our Heavenly Father springs forth in their hearts in the being of our children. John 17 reminds us in verse 3, Now this is eternal life that they know you, the Father, 
in heaven, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent as a provision, as a way of coming back to you. How are you feeling, fathers? Are you overwhelmed? Here's the thing. Here's what is at stake at this moment. Your work as a parent is an extreme value because God has designed that you will be the principal, the primary, the consistent, the main and faithful tool in His hands to create this God consciousness and God submission in your children. Let me say that again. You fathers are the primary tool that God is using to create this God consciousness and God submission in your kids. You didn't create this yourself, let alone asking for it. No, only God can. But you have been appointed to be an irreplaceable tool and instrument in His powerful hands. You see, at the core of what God designed human beings is to be is to have an acknowledgement of his existence and to surrender to his authority. Those are the things that meant to rule our hearts of everyone, of every believers, every Christians, you fathers, mothers, even so our kids. Because we, you, sir, you yourselves would know, even so your kids, that they will not be supposed to be who they are if they lack this God consciousness, no matter how much they try to strive with their own willpower. This God consciousness is an essential thing that must be developed in every heart of our kiddos. And pay attention to this. The church, Sunday school, life group leaders, Pastors like I, the church rhythms are not meant to replace you fathers as the tool. We are simply to assist you and equip you in this essential work of presenting this cross, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ to your offspring. You fathers are the primary disciples of your children. So don't expect as pastors or life group leaders to do the spiritual formation for your kids. No. Yes, we have a part. We are your partners. But it is your role in the first place. Support lang kami. So let us not be lazy, sluggish, and complaining with our responsibilities as fathers. At the same time, take note of this. You dads out there, God, take note of this. God hasn't made a mistake in tasking you, in appointing you, being His tool in forming the souls of your children. Hindi siya nagkamali. Take note of that. You see, He opened the eyes of your heart, of your soul, to His existence, to His presence, to His value, to His beauty, so that you could be a tool in the same for your children, for your family. 
God has revealed Himself to you, not just for you and for your own sake, but your family, but for your children as well. May God help our fathers. Back in June, Elder Alex and I had this conversation back in their uh, strategic retreat planning session. We have this conversation about marriage because I was asking his thoughts, his advice, his opinion for young couples like me who will get married soon. But the way he answered left a great impact on me because he said, You know, Renz, ultimately, there is no alternative. There's no substitute to the joy and satisfaction seeing your kids, sons and daughters, following the Lord with or without marriage. May this be our drive. May we be the determined fathers to have the same view the same determination. We are to make every effort to see our child to accept the cross. Second, as fathers, we should be determined to see our child live out the cross. You know, an easy way to explain this is, syempre, sineran mo ng gospel, kailangan mo mag-follow through. Gets? Do you follow? Okay, third point and last. Joke lang. Unpack natin. So we first evangelize, share the gospel, and aim that our kids would accept the cross and its claim. But we don't stop there. We follow through and seek that they will live out the same cross of Christ. Ano ang ibig sabihin? Last week, we talked about authority. And this best describes the parent's relationship to the child. Now, the best description of the activity of the parent to the child is shepherding. The parent is the child's guide, especially you fathers. You are the main guide, not the only tool. This shepherding process was, was touched on last week, but to further this point, this role covers not only the protection, correction part, but another layer of this fathering covers not only, like I said, the protection and correction, but the, this another layer is to help our child to understand himself or herself in the bigger world in which he or she is living. How she, he or she connects, relates, interacts. Ephesians 6.4 reminds us that, oops, reminds us that we should bring up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Instruction, not only in the bigger things, but also in the small little things. So fathers, as we shepherd and coaches our child to assess himself and his responses, we are to guide, we are to probe our kids to understand not just the what of their behaviors, of their actions, but also the why behind it. Why is your reaction like that? Why did you respond like that? What is happening inside you? Nowadays, you can observe that parents tend to focus and worry on the externals of the behaviors, rather the internal overflow, internal rhythms of their life. 
That's why we spend an enormous energy in controlling, constraining their behaviors to the degree that our only focus is usually the behavior. Stop that. Don't do that. Not the what's happening inside your heart. As the head pastor of our household, you fathers should be able to establish the truth that the behavior and the stuff outside ourselves, no matter how troubling, disorienting, or disturbing it is, it is not as dangerous as the matter and the mess inside us. The foolishness inside your children is more dangerous to them than the temptation outside of them. Our, only God's grace has the power to rescue these fools just like us. That's why we should be determined to see the cross of Christ lived out. Because the mess inside of them is greater, is more troubling than the temptations, the dangers that is happening around us. Because we don't defeat the sin, the enemy, by separating ourselves from sinful people, places, and experiences. If you would do that, you would not be attending this church. You will be left alone in your house. That may be a very good thing to do, but it will never eradicate your sin problem. Because if you defeat sin by separating yourself from all the external manifestations, ay nako, hindi na kailangan dumating ni Jesus Christ to save us. But for this exact reason, we have the grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, so that this is His agenda to save us, to equip us, to empower us. The same way this is our agenda when we follow through with our kids. For those under our care, we show them how to live out this cross. We fathers should be more concerned about the shepherding of our children to understand themselves in God's world and train them to live out this gospel. The gospel that enables us, our children, to face the worst in themselves, the sin, the stubbornness, the weakness, and yet still find hope because grace is powerful. We are to teach them, model to them how to withdraw not only money from the ATM machines, but withdraw grace from the throne of God and how to apply it accordingly. You know, Growing up, my dad would always ask me to accompany him whenever he tries to repair things in the house, whether the light fixtures, our chairs, tables, the toilet, things like that. But what I noticed looking back, he always, not only he wants an assistance, uh, an assistant for me to just look and just peer no but he he is intentional in show me showing me the different tools and how to use it and he allows me to do it myself in the same way as fathers we should disclose inform and teach our children the different tools and the ways of the cross so that they may apply it themselves in their life 
You cannot show them these godly fruits by merely instructing them, giving them the, the list, giving them the Bible. Oh, ito, apply mo. You must lead him on a path of discovery. You tend, you guide his thoughts and hearts, his whole being, helping them to learn discernment and wisdom and apply it. Ultimately, we should establish in our children the reality that in Christ, listen to this, as we live out and teach how to live out this cross, we should establish the truth that in Christ, they are completely accepted, eternally forgiven, and richly supplied. This truth must loom large and big so that they may do life without the fear of rejection, judgment, and lack of resources or, or poverty. Because they are assured that each one of these fundamental fears of us human beings are addressed and solved by the gospel and the cross of Jesus Christ. If they are the true child of God, children, they, do not, they don't need to be hunted, to be fear, to be fearful of these deep questions of life because each of the questions has been answered in the person and work of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Because of Him, because of the cross that we are teaching to live out, they are love. Because of Him, they are forgiven. And because of Christ, they have everything in their life. Whatever that they need. Fathers, be determined to see your child live. Live out this cross. Apply them. Last but not the least, as fathers, we should strive to see our child to be sustained by the cross. Sustained by the cross. We live in a broken, dysfunctional, and sinful world. There's a lot of troubles. We cannot deny this. There's a lot of troubles, toils, and challenges, curses. And through all of these circumstances, our children will react. She will respond. But what kind of response? That's the question. That depends. When we see, my friends, that God is daily employing the brokenness of this present world to clarify our values. Let alone these past few weeks, I talked to many people. They had their own challenges in their relationships, in their finances, in their household. This is the reality of the world we live in. But these different people respond differently. God ordains for us to experience that physical things get broken. They get old. The people we live around with fails us. Relationships grow sour, become painful. Our bodies weaken. Flowers die and food spoils. In all of this, will our children continue to have a clear view of the gospel? Will they have a deep internalization of the cross of Christ? Will they be still be highly accustomed, familiar to the ways of our Lord Jesus Christ? 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3-4 tells us, For the time will come when people put up when the people will put 
Let me say that again. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, read it with me. To suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Fathers, we must be determined to highlight to our children once they accept the cross and the claims of the gospel and live out these implications, life from here on out should be sustained, empowered, maintained by the cross day after day, moment after moment. There is no other way. We don't just apply the principles, the truths of the gospel when we are in church, when we are doing life group. No, we apply. We are sustained. We are empowered. By the same cross, in every little thing that is happening in our lives. Just like the model in Shema, in Deuteronomy 6, we should train our kiddos, our young ones, our kids, to apply and exercise gospel in everything. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Because you know, the character of life isn't set, isn't seen in the three or four big moments in life. No. The character of life, your grit, your soul is seen in the thousand little, virtually unnoticed moments. The kids must understand that the most regular, seemingly unimportant task in life must be shaped, directed, animated by a heartful desire to honor God. And the fact is, we all daily give an evidence of our continually need for this grace. Simply put, we have no ability to make it on our own. We stand in a desperate need of a divine help moment by moment. Dear brothers, as old or as wise as you claim to be, in your season of life right now, none of us, even I, who studied in seminary, who reads God's word, who is tasked to study it, none of us is a graduate of grace. None of us is grace graduates. We are all in need of a daily, desperate need of the forgiving, rescuing, transforming, and delivering grace. None of us has outlived the need of rescuing mercy of an ever-present, ever-willing Redeemer. Impress this in the hearts of your child, in the hearts and life of your offspring, of the people that you disciple. Strive to see your child to be sustained by the cross. Are you still with me? Fathers, you are a sinner. Your parents should disciple you. Going back. Fathers, how are you feeling? Are you discouraged? Disheartened? Fear not. Fear not because... The same grace, 
the same cross, the same gospel that we strive to see in the life of your kids is available to us fathers. Our sense of inability, inadequacy, doesn't mean that God made a massive mistake of giving us our children no. Rather Rather than our inability, our inadequacy being in the way of God's plan, it is part of His plan. Because He knows that parents who admit that they are inadequate, that they are unable to take up this task, run to the cross, ask for grace, ask for help, and in Him makes the best fathers and parents. You see, He doesn't ask us to be able, to be the best, to be perfect. No. He asks us to be willing. He asks us to be open. If you are willing and open, He will meet you where you are in your challenges, in your limitations, in your weakness, and change you. And as He changes you, He will work good and great things through you in the hearts and lives of your children. May God help us. So at this point, I hope you fathers are encouraged, driven, fired up. That's why at this point, I want you guys, fathers, to stand up at this moment. Stand up. Before the church, Huy, tayo! Fathers, stand up. Even so, the father-like figures, you can stand up. You fathers who are present here, I charge you, I charge you in the name of Christ, we only have few years of taking up this role to fulfill the role of a father. So I charge you in the name of Christ to be up and about ready and determined to see the life of your child, that they will accept the cross, that they will live out the cross and be sustained by the cross. May God help you. Remain standing. For you people who are sitting here, akala nyo nakatakas na kayo, ah. The big question for you today is what are you driven? What is your determination in life? Together with the fathers who are committing, standing before us today, may we all be determined to accept, to live out, and be sustained by the cross. Let us take this time to commit our fathers who are standing in the Lord. If you can, and open, extend your hands to the fathers who are near you as we prayed for them. Father, the fathers who are standing before you, you have called them. You have entrusted to them the beautiful gift, the beautiful calling, the disciple, a tool so that they will teach they will usher their kids, the people around them, to accept, live out, and to, and to be sustained by the cross. Father, we ask that these truths, these reminders will be true in their lives. 
themselves first and foremost. Equip them, Lord God. Speak to them. Meet them where they are. Use them mightily so that the families of the church will, be, will thrive, will be godly. Use them for your church, for your kingdom. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.